Fury's followers, today's Fury Within is yet another experiment. As I was perusing the internet looking for a dastardly case to research, I came across these two nutjobs, Jeffrey Evan and John Shaw. They were both convicted of rape and murder of two beautiful souls. And as I was reading about them, I thought to myself, ugh, go, get out of the closet and get a room. So I thought, what if I turned them into something else, reimagined their story? So that's what I did. So this is my very fictional, original story, A Deadly Obsession, The Tragic Tale of Jeffrey and John. Part 1, Love Blooms. In the picturesque town of Oakbridge, where the sun's warm embrace kissed the rolling hills, and the air was scented with the fragrance of blossoming flowers, two young souls found solace in each other's presence. John Shaw, with his brooding charm and deep-set eyes that seemed to hold the secrets of the universe, was the town's enigmatic loner, an astronomer, philosopher, and scientist all at once. John considered himself a true academic. He lived in the world of research, hypothesis, and possibilities. Jeffrey Evans, a free-spirited artist with an odd curiosity for the connection between biology and astrology, was drawn to John's mysterious aura in a way that pulled him from the very center of his heart, and perhaps other places too. John and Jeffrey met by chance, as if by fate, at a local art exhibition. This chance encounter sparked a fiery connection, an abyss in which both would fall willingly. As they spent time together, exploring the town's nooks and crannies, their friendship blossomed into a love that felt like an otherworldly force pulling them together with each passing day. It felt like a love story, the kind you only read about. In the evenings, John would set up his telescope on a hilltop, and they would lie on a blanket beneath the starlit sky. He'd point out the constellations, weaving stories about the celestial beings and ancient myths that adorned the heavens. Jeffrey would listen with rapt attention, sometimes allowing his mind to drift to places unseen by others, even by John. Jeffrey, feeling as if the mysteries of the cosmos were unfolding before his eyes, and yet they were all there just for him. Nothing could intrude on these delicious moments. Nothing, Jeffrey thought, could touch the essence of what drew the lovers together. An unraveling obsession. At first, their love was a symphony of passion and desire, a dance of two souls deeply connected by their shared curiosity for insatiable learning, the universe, and all things transcendent to this earth. They reveled in each other's company, their minds intertwining like celestial bodies dancing in the night sky. But Jeffrey began to notice an unsettling undercurrent began to surface. While both men had their heads in the clouds and celestial bodies, they were both there for different reasons. John felt the pull of science and research. Jeffrey felt the pull of passion and wanderlust. Perhaps a clash of the worlds would be inevitable. Jeffrey would put these thoughts out of his mind, and yet something was nagging at him. John began to question Jeffrey's commitment. John wondered why it was so important to jump into that kind of confined space so readily. I mean, they'd only been together for six months. What's the hurry? Jeffrey had a large group of friends that were adventurous and loved to frolic and have fun exploring different art forms, connecting the natural world to their art, and seeing if they could actually make a living out of it. John seemed to begrudge Jeffrey's outings and innate sense of frivolity. Perhaps there really was a problem. John's possessive nature and jealousy clashed with Jeffrey's adventurous spirit, creating an unbalanced dynamic. He'd grow distant, even angry, whenever Jeffrey wanted to explore his artistic endeavors with friends or spend time away from him. 
But Jeffrey was captivated by the enigmatic John and his seemingly infinite knowledge of the cosmos. John could be so charming and engaging. When John was around Jeffrey, Jeffrey felt as though he was the only person in the universe except for John. But after some time, that quaint notion began to feel a little stifling. Maybe Jeffrey needed some space, a little time to clear his head. Whenever he was with John, time seemed to just stand still. Hours could pass and feel like minutes. Jeffrey would be in an almost drug-like state around John, and this didn't go unnoticed by Jeffrey's friends. His friends stopped coming around when Jeffrey was with John. John made them feel uncomfortable, as though they weren't welcome. Jeffrey seemed almost oblivious, until he wasn't. As John's obsession with Jeffrey intensified, he became increasingly possessive, creating an insular world that revolved solely around their love. He resented anyone who tried to come between them, convinced that their love was a -a once-in-a-lifetime cosmic connection. Jeffrey, finally beginning to see what was happening and torn between his love for John and his desire for independence and other friends, tried to reason with him, but his efforts only fueled John's growing paranoia. John was seemingly unable to separate himself from Jeffrey, behaving as though they were almost one person, not able to breathe without the other. Jeffrey began to feel something he hadn't ever felt with John before, fear. The descent into darkness. As their relationship darkened, so did John's mind. He became fixed on the idea that if he couldn't have Jeffrey, no one could. His passion transformed into possessiveness, and his love twisted into malevolent obsession. John's thoughts poisoned his every decision and his every move. John began monitoring everything Jeffrey did. His once charming intensity now suffocating. He would follow him in the shadows, a silent guardian or a sinister stalker. Jeffrey couldn't tell, but he knew it wasn't right. He'd leave gifts and letters at Jeffrey's doorstep, declaring their love in chilling prose that sent shivers down his spine. Jeffrey finally began to realize that the connection he shared with John wasn't real. It had turned sick and foul. He couldn't believe that the relationship he'd struck up with reckless abandon had become a torrid, a deluge of suffocating and excruciating moments that not only frustrated him, but scared him terribly. Each shared moment became a grab bag. What would come out each time was terrifyingly unknowable. How bad, Jeffrey wondered, was this going to get? It was time to get out. Let John down as easily as possible, hopefully not stirring whatever monster surely lived beneath the surface. Jeffrey had seen glimpses of that monster, and it wasn't something he wanted to tangle with. The night came, Jeffrey nervous and fidgeting. He didn't know what to expect. Jeffrey walked up to John's door, and after a moment of hesitation, found his courage and knocked. The door opened, almost as if John had been standing there, waiting for Jeffrey to knock. Jeffrey entered, feeling uncomfortable and edgy. He just needed to get this over with. He knew what to say. He'd rehearsed it a hundred times. He tried to imagine what John would say and do, but the possibilities were too endless for Jeffrey to comprehend, let alone define. He would just have to say it. Tell the man who eight months ago he thought he'd marry one day, the man he thought he'd live out his dreams with, that it just wasn't working. It's time to move on. John offered Jeffrey a glass of wine. It looked so good and might help give Jeffrey the courage to say what he needed to say. But he refused, wanting to keep his wits about him. John asked him what was wrong. He could tell something was wrong. Jeffrey breathed deeply and then just said it. Said the things he'd rehearsed over and over again in his mirror. Then as quickly as he'd started, it was out in the open. Jeffrey breathed a sigh of relief only to look up at John. Now he held his breath, waiting for John's reaction. 
John reacted as only John could. At first he froze, only blinking his eyes hard and fast as though in disbelief. This couldn't be happening. He'd done everything. He'd shown Jeffrey the miracles of the universe, been charming, showered him with gifts. What more did he want? Then John moved into telling Jeffrey that it was okay. Everything was going to be okay. Jeffrey would see that they were meant to be. He just needed to give it a little more time. Jeffrey, with tears in his eyes, told John in no uncertain terms, they were done. Jeffrey wouldn't allow anyone to treat him. Jeffrey wouldn't allow anyone to treat him with such suffocating, obsessive behavior. It wasn't normal. It wasn't healthy. Jeffrey noticed John had a look in his eye that he'd never seen before. The skin on John's neck started to become red, the crimson wave moving up his neck and ears and into his face. He looked grotesque, like a mask had just been placed on his handsome face, making it look otherworldly, not of the celestial, but of the depths. And then it happened. The line between love and madness blurred. John flung himself at his former lover, firmly placing his hands around the throat of the man he once loved, and squeezed. Jeffrey thought how surprisingly strong John was he'd never noticed. That was an absurd and twisted thing to think as you watched the man watching the life drain from your body. The man who was supposed to love you. And then Jeffrey was able to mouth one word before the blackness took his mind and then his body. Why? John gently placed Jeffrey's body down and quietly informed his corpse, because if I can't have you, nobody can. Now you're with the stars, and I can gaze upon you every starry night. The cover-up. John had made a mess of things. Now he had to clean it up again. He was angry with himself. How could he be so foolish as to let this happen to him again? First it was Ahmad, his dark eyes that used to glimmer with the sheen of adoration and love. Then Gary, the man whose name John hated, but whose everything else John adored. And now Jeffrey, very possibly John's favorite so far. Now he, too, was with the stars. John thought of how funny a notion it was to think he could populate the entire universe of stars with all the lovers he'd had and would have. That was a funny thought. But John had no time to daydream. He had to get beautiful Jeffrey's body out of his place. He waited until the wee hours of the morning, then strategically tying Jeffrey's body to his own so he could walk Jeffrey out as though Jeffrey were a stupering drunk. He made it to his car, propped Jeffrey's body up in the passenger seat, and drove off into the waning night. He knew where to take Jeffrey. He'd done this before. He drove home after disposing of Jeffrey's body. He knew where to park where the cameras couldn't see. He got into his apartment, went inside, and did a little staging. Everyone knew they had planned to see each other that night. The story and the scene had to be just right. Then he got back in his car, drove to the police station. He had a missing person to report. Days passed and no one heard from Jeffrey. Police looked for the man, but nothing could be found of him. He was seen on camera in his car, heading in the direction of John's apartment. But that much they knew from what John had told them. John's apartment had been detailed. There was no evidence of a struggle or any other sinister problem. The man just disappeared. Police learned of Jeffrey's intentions to break things off with John, but they knew that too from John. In fact, that's the reason John told them that the two men had argued. But Jeffrey left very much alive, according to John. John even offered and took and passed a polygraph test. Although police always suspect the significant other, John seemed to act in all the right ways for a worried lover. 
Eventually, Jeffrey's missing person case went cold, leaving his family and friends with only questions and suspicions. John quietly moved on. He left Oakbridge for a new job in a new town, a fresh place to dazzle people with his oddly charming banter. John would frequently gaze through his telescope and think of Jeffrey, as he did Ahmad and Gary. But Jeffrey felt special to John. On one of those evenings that he was staring up at John, a younger man, Ethan, strolled by, taking a bit of an interest in John and his telescope. John offered to show the young man what he was looking at through the telescope. John began to tell an enraptured Ethan all about the heavens. Ethan's heart raced as John leaned over and said to the star truck Ethan, I love a starry night. Maybe you can be my next star. They leaned in close. John would be adding to his collection soon. Well, that'll do it for story time. I can be a scary little Chris, I know. It gives me an appreciation for all the good things in my life. Look, I I was just born like this, okay? Share my dark side with your loved ones. I'm sure they'll think it's perfectly normal. Perfectly. Until next time, Furious followers, look to the stars. Mm -hmm.